0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now when Jesus came into the des- district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? Who do the people say the Son of Man is? In other words, who of the people of the Old Testament, who have they been looking for? Who have they been waiting for? How are the people viewing Jesus and his ministry? What's he doing? Who is he? What is his purpose? A similar question with a slight twist could be asked to you today. When people go to church on Sunday morning, what is it that we hope to get? What are we expecting to hear from the pastor? What are we expecting from the songs that are sung? What is expected and hoped for when people think about getting up and coming to church even in the middle of a pandemic? What do you want? If you did an honest evaluation of your expectations when you came to church this morning, you might be surprised at the answer. I just always do it. I have no idea why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) And you might be thinking, but pastor, those are two different questions. The disciples were asked who Jesus was. And you're asking, well, why do you go to church? To that, I would argue that the church, it is the people gathered around Jesus and his word. And you may be coming because you're expecting something from him, or maybe you're expecting something from each other. When Jesus asked his disciples, who do the people say that the Son of Man is, They answered quickly. Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elijah. Others say that you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. When I read this in the past, I immediately pointed out, oh, those are all guys. they're, They're all people. Just men. Plain men. Nothing real special about them. They're not God. They're not the Christ. Jesus was listed among good men, but they were just men, prophets of God. But there's something else to be noticed. Why did the people go to the prophets? Why did did God send the prophets to the people? For a couple of reasons. First, it was to proclaim God's law. In the, in the book of Romans, it says that, the, that love is the fulfillment of the law. The first reason is to show everybody what love is. But it also, the law points out what we are not. And then the prophets were to point to the one who fulfills the law the only one who is the living definition of love. No, the prophets never were to point to themselves. They were inconsequential. They didn't matter. What mattered was who they pointed to. What they pointed to. They often pointed to the people to their horrible breaking of God's law. All the areas that they didn't love. And they even shared with the people the punishments that they deserved because they didn't love. And then their job was to point to the one who came to take away their punishment. Let's take a look briefly at the guys that were listed. The prophets that were listed. Jeremiah. Jeremiah had one of the hardest lives in the Old Testament. Jeremiah was always preaching how far the people had fallen away from God. Jeremiah didn't want to preach it. He was nervous because he also had to preach God's punishment. And guess what? This preaching, it did not make him popular. The people hated Jeremiah. At one point, the people, when they heard his message, they gathered him up, they threw him in a dark cistern, and they put on the lid, and his feet sunk into the ground. I get the, I get the creeps when I read that part. I just can't imagine being in that dark place Wet on the walls, my feet sinking in the ground, and he thought that's where he was going to die. But Jeremiah also, in addition to the law, he preached the law for a reason. Hear this from Jeremiah as he pleads with God's people. But behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. They shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, and I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Be looking for that day. Jeremiah preached the law that the people didn't want to hear so that he could ultimately point them to the forgiveness that they so desperately needed. The middle prophet listed Elijah. This guy comes on the scene like a firestorm. One of the biggest uh, events that happened right at first is that one man, one man of God, comes up against a multitude of false prophets. Prophets of Baal. And Elijah, one guy against them all. God uses him to call down fire from heaven. So that the people would know the true God. Listen, Elijah revealed the purpose of his ministry in this public prayer. He said, answer me, O Lord, answer me. Why? that the people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Elijah didn't want any glory at all. He wanted the people to know God. Only God can forgive sins. Elijah couldn't. He wanted to know the people, or know the God who would take their sins away. Elijah needed the same person that he preached about. You know what? Elijah, maybe you can relate to this. He had a dark, dark moment in his ministry. And it happened after this huge victory. At one low point in his ministry, he prayed, It is enough now, O Lord. Take my life. He didn't want to live anymore. Sometimes things get hard. You had hard times? I have too. You see, Elijah needed to be saved and rescued just like the people that he preached to. Knowing Elijah would do nothing for anybody. It was knowing the one that Elijah proclaimed. And the first name that the disciples mentioned was John the Baptist. I'm not going to talk about his low point in his ministry, but he had them too. You can read them in the scripture. But John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus. He saw him. John the Baptist became so popular when he started preaching that people were going out to him thinking that he was the Son of Man. They thought he was the promised Christ. People that were following him were actually, get this, they were actually disappointed when Jesus' popularity began to grow. They came to John saying, Rabbi, He who is with you in the Jordan, remember him? The one that you bore witness to? Look, he's now baptizing and all our people are going to him. In other words, John, everybody in our church is leaving. John answered his faithful disciples by saying this. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him by heaven. Your iPhone? (laughs) you, You cannot receive one thing unless it is given you from heaven. John says the one who has the bride, that's the church, is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices gladly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. I have heard him with my own ears. He, Jesus, must increase. I must decrease. The whole point of John's ministry was to point out the only one that he needed, that everybody needs. You may may remember, he proclaimed, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, as he pointed at Jesus. You see, all the prophets had this in common. They pointed out who man is, man and men and women are. He pointed, they all pointed out that we're sinners. And they pointed out the one who came to take our sin away. The prophets only help us insofar as they point beyond themselves to the one that we truly need. And we need Jesus more than we need anything in this world. After the disciples told Jesus what the world thought of him, then Jesus turned to them and said, Who do you say that I am? In other words, why are you here with me? What are you hoping to get from me? Why did you leave your jobs to follow me? Why are you here in church this morning, even with COVID 19 continuing? Why are you here? Who do you say that the Son of Man is? Simon Peter replied, For all of us, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Step back with me. After feeding the 5,000, Jesus gave a very hard teaching where Jesus told all the people that were gathered around him. He said, now that's 5,000 not including men and women with no sound system. I could barely talk to you without my mic on. He talks to 5,000 people and he says this, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world, he says, it is my flesh. And the Jews then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And when many of the disciples heard Jesus teaching, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? And after this, the Bible says, many of his disciples turned back. He's crazy. Many of his disciples turned back and they no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve. Do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answering again for all of us. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter was with Jesus. The disciples were with Jesus because he is the son of God. He takes away the sins of the world. He forgives their sin. He rescues them from death. And he, instead of their death, gives them eternal life. They're with Jesus because they recognize, look, this Jesus, he's the only hope in this lost world. If Jesus were to turn to you and say, who do you say that the Son of Man is? What would you say? Many people turn away from Jesus when they get to college. It just happens. We get a ton of numbers. We get more numbers than we could sit in several services. Of people that are interested or went to churches in our in our denomination. We don't keep many of you. It just happens. It's sad. But it's true. Many people turn away. Many people turn away later in life, after they've had kids, they get them baptized, they put them through confirmation. Then they stop coming. It happens. It just happens. Many people in in my own family have... have got the kids through Sunday school and then they're gone. (laughs) Why are you still here? Have you recognized, like Peter, that there is no place else to go? Do you recognize that Jesus is food from heaven... That gives you life in this world and eternal life in the world to come? When Jesus heard Peter's answer he responded, blessed are you, blessed are you, Simon bar Jonah, son of Jonah, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. But on this rock, the confession that you just made, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Just like Jeremiah said would happen, the God of all creation made himself known And he made himself known to Peter and to you and I in the person of his son. You know God by knowing his son. And when we look at Jesus, we see a God who loves us. We see a God who loves us so much that he submitted to nails in his hands and in his feet. I love the hymn, I love the hymn that says, See from His head, His hands, His feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. What's He talking about? He's talking about the blood that comes from His head, His hands, His feet. That's His love for you. His love caused Him to take away the punishment that our sins deserve. In Jesus, we see a God who died for sin. In other words, we see a God who sent His Son not to condemn us, not to condemn you, but to rescue you, to rescue me. We may have lots of different answers for why we originally came here this morning, but the truth is, the Lord has brought us here to reveal to us that we are sinners in need of a Savior and to reveal to us that we are loved by Jesus. We were brought, we were not brought here. Here's some reasons we're not brought here. We were not brought here to hear the wisdom of Pastor Hermans, Pastors Herman or DeBlick. Although that's a compelling reason. (laughs) Humor, humor. But we were not brought here because of all the good-looking men and women here today. We weren't even brought here so that we could have a place to make friends, a place where we could fit in. We are here because we have come to know that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And we have come to understand that Jesus is, has promised to be here for us, to rescue us in His Word and in the bread. I am here because I recognize I need rescuing. I do we all do we need the rock of ages to be our cleft we need the rock of ages to be the foundation upon which we stand we need Jesus the Christ the son of the living god he is like none other we are here this morning this morning whether we know it or not because we need him He is different from all the others. He is our hope, he is our life, and he has become our salvation. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.